episode 78 of Batten Spider, yeah. where the movie we watched is unsearchable because of the hit novel trilogy of the same name. So congrats to the trilogy for winning this round. Congrats, Brent. I think the author's name is Brent, Brent something. Um, Hornsby. Is it, uh, is it fantasy? Do you know, do you know no, anything about know. this? I, no. Oh, here I was thinking you were the expert. But. <laughs> oh, no. As soon as I found out Sorry. it wasn't about Sorry. my movie that we just watched. <laughs> you just closed that computer and mm-hmm. did something else. Basically. Chuck, how's it going to uh, today? And Doing pretty good. Um, doing pretty good. Um, I doing a little housework, um, which I've been putting off all summer, you know? Yeah. Uh, so trying to knock those things out before it gets too cold. Is it starting to get cold? I took the air conditioners out of the windows. It's a sign. You know, still haven't, I still haven't put the heat on. We've talked about it. I've revi- I've re- resisted so far. I haven't put it Give on. Give me yet. some numbers. How low we going? Mm, well, let me see where, right now it says it's 42 outside, which is kind of scary to me. That's amazing. <laughs> I didn't think it was that cold. <laughs> 42, oh God. I mean, to be fair. <laughs> I just got, I just started shivering. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I think it's going down, to, it's going down to 45 tonight down here, so. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But down there, it's a wet, it's a wet forty five. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm that's saying? True. It's very wet. So it feels warmer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's right. I don't no, know. No, it's it is true. Uh, wow. Yeah. So you're getting you're dipping down there, but as long as you got your sweet sweet hoodies, some long pants. Yeah. Well, last week was big. We had Halloween kills come out, wow, and I sure I've been like living in. You know, I I feel you know I'm I, to me it was like half and half. I liked it. I half didn't like it. But I still, I'm in that Halloween fever, Dale, and I started watching, like, I watched the Rob Zombie Halloweens, which I hadn't seen in forever. Yeah. Uh, and that was cool to, or, uh, no, I o- I'd only seen the first one. I never saw his second one. So that was, that was kind of a treat to, uh, to watch that. Um, but yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Halloween be- fever. Check this out. So since then. Yeah. Um, I got this from my neighbor, Brian Rummel, who has a YouTube channel, Brian Rummel, YouTube Oh, slash Brian Rummel. And I got these bad boys, a double feature. Now, Rob Zombie's Halloween one and two. Here we go. This, these, this, what I have in my hand and what you just watched. And for a fact, I know you gave number two a four star rating. Yeah. I, I mean, without having ever seen number two, I know that's probably the most controversial take in, in all of moviedom. (laughs) People hate that movie, I guess. People yeah. hate it, so I have to see it now for myself. <laughs> well, I hope I I hope you can open your mind and enjoy it. It it goes it's sort of interesting because it's I mean, I'm this is not my totally original thought, but just I think because Halloween kills us out. It's sort of like it's another Halloween 2 kind of, you know? Like we had the original Halloween 2 in 81, we had Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, and Halloween Kills is kind of like another Halloween 2. Because it's like, they're all sort of dealing with the aftermath of that first movie. Yeah. And to like certain extent, it's all about trauma. You know, it's like, what, you know, what, 
fuck, like what Lori just went through, what's, what's happening now. And I really like what Rob Zombie did. He like, he did not ignore that trauma and it's without spoiling too much. It's like two years after the first movie. And Mm -hmm. she's just like, she's kind of a mess. She's just like mentally completely screwed up. Um, and, uh, and what's her name? Daniel Harris is back in it. Who I love, like, I heard totally. she, I heard she acts her she's ass awesome. off. I know that. She, yeah. She's, she's probably one of the best people in the, and there's like, I don't want to spoil it cause you haven't seen it, but there is, uh, I left this out of my review because I didn't do a review on my letterbox cause it got erased and I got angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's a choice that Rob zombie makes towards the end. And it's something like he uses a lot of in his other movies, but not in this one. And it's, he only uses it once and it's shocking. Like it almost brought me to tears. This thing, this like moment he, he created in there. And I was like, really like, holy crap. Like, uh, yeah. To feel <laughs> like that in a slasher movie. I was like really surprised. Wow. Um, yeah, I think they're, yeah, I think, I think it, they're worth revisiting. I know. Look, I there's a lot of Rob Zombie movies I loathe. <laughs> right. I get it. Right. I wa- what was the last one? Uh, Three from Hell. That was. I I went and saw that in the theater. I was very excited, and I just uh, it was soul crushing. Um, but yeah, and since then I watched uh, Lords of Salem last night. Love that movie too. Mm. It, it's. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I invite I invite everyone to open their minds, maybe. Give yeah. uh, Rob Zombie another 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 watch if you haven't. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's exactly what I'm doing going into it. I uh, I probably after I saw the first one, you know, I felt like I think at the time, you know, I wanted I I, ba- I think I just wanted to watch Halloween '78 over again, right? Like that's what I wanted in my yeah, heart, and yeah, that's yeah. what sort of flowed over into my opinion of seeing Halloween 78, but on a Rob Zombie level of gore and a Rob Zombie level of like William Forsythe being like no other human <laughs> reading a script before in my life. So um, I'm excited to kind of see where he breaks away and does a sort of his own thing for Halloween too. So uh, yeah, uh, let's, so I'm going to I'm going to tackle both of those. It's funny how much I buy and borrow physical media. You know, I never make time to oh, watch this I physical know. media, so I know. <laughs> just let me watch it on my iPad while I'm working and I'll be fine. Cuz it's like once you're in that chair, it's like, man, I don't want to get up and go stare at my DVDs. I'll just pick something with the remote. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or I'll try to play uh a Skyrim or Witcher 3 more. Um Hey there, Bat and Spider. Thanks for listening. I just wanted to insert a quick editor's note that for the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to be getting into some heavy spoiler talk for the movie Halloween Kills. If you do not want to listen, please skip ahead about 20 minutes to the timestamp of about 28 minutes and 38 seconds. And if you want to listen, please continue along from here on out. We love you. I love you. Goodbye. But... Chuck, I yeah. kind of wanted to take this time. All right. Yeah. Elephant in the room. Let's, before I even uh, approach it for the show, do you want to do a spoiler filled discussion of Halloween's Kills or do you? Oh, 
I think we shouldn't do a spoiler film. Do you think we should spoil? I was thinking of doing a non-spoiler, like if we want to talk about it. But okay. Just because I'm worried people, you know, because it's only been, it hasn't even been a week. Okay. Yeah. Or it will be a week when when this goes up. But okay. I don't know. I always feel it's too new, don't you think? But I mean, I will. We can just do it. And we if- could just do it and see, you know, so if we do get into spoilers, I'll just tell people to uh, skip. I'll okay. make a chapter. So they can skip to the next chapter or, or something. Cool. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just let's just uh, get into it for um, a few minutes. So yeah, Chuck and I, you know, we haven't seen too many new movies because that's just where where we are in the world right now. But Halloween Kills, we were both there opening night, separate theaters, wishing we were with one another. Oh, and God, I wish. Uh, so we saw Halloween Kills opening night. And much like, um, you know, since then other people have seen it, but I, you know, reviews are all over the place. You really either hate it or you love it. I was surprised. I thought Malignant was, uh, a movie that tore the horror community apart, but here comes Halloween Kills. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And I'm not even like, like Malignant. I absolutely was angry. I'm not angry at Halloween Kills. I there's a lot that I like in it, honestly. Yeah. I um Yeah, but uh but yeah, I, it's it's surprising the uh yeah, the ratings on just my letterbox, like the people I follow on letterbox, it's all over the place. All over the place. <laughs> and like yeah. Um you know, but but there were several times uh, so whether you love it or whether you hate it or whatever uh, there were several times during my viewing where I wanted to, I just wanted to stand up in the theater and throw my arms up and be like, why is nobody else gasping? Why is nobody else like making <laughs> yeah. the noise? Are they seeing what I'm seeing on the screen? And for me, uh, it, it was, you know, it to the, to, to those scenes i mean it was probably like the best thing i ever could have seen and the most surprising unexpected things i could have seen i agree with you there like the bits i loved i really loved um and i i felt the same way my theater it wasn't packed like i see these movies especially on opening night in the theater because i want that experience of uh yeah the rowdy you know crowd of people are like yeah new you know like yeah and I, and I knew this wasn't going to be like that when the movie started and there weren't like applause. Because, <laughs> you know, you know, like when you went to see like the new Star Wars, like people would just freak out when the right the Lucasfilm would come up, you know. Mm-hmm. And I've had that happen in like movies like this, you know. I feel like that happened when I saw 2018 Halloween with, you know, it was rowdy crowd. People were really hyped. Right. Um, but there was just none of that. I mean, you know, there was only like maybe like 10, 12 people in the theater I was in. But yeah, there were moments where I was like, I found myself like laughing, like, uh, you know, because I nervously laugh when Michael makes a good kill. Yeah. Because I think it's awesome or whatever, you yeah. know, and it just like no one was reacting like in the theater and I was the only one like, oh, you know, like, man. you know, expressing it. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, oh, okay. But then what I, I mean, what I proceeded to see, I, I, I love the movie. I loved yeah. it. Um, there was obviously some flaws and, uh, you know, the big flaw would be right smack in the middle of the movie between acts, the, you know, the hospital stuff. Um, yeah, 
I did. It, it's funny. The hospital stuff. Do you want to talk? Let's talk about the hospital. Let's just do it. Let's do it. Are we going to even talk about Night Angel now? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, I was actually, when the hospital stuff started, I was hyped. Because yeah. I love Halloween 2, the original. I love that setting. And I yeah. was like, yeah, fucking about- Michael's going to show up in this hospital and it's going to be carnage. I know, right? Like, I was like excited. But then it, it became this thing, that, you know, it felt, what, what I wrote down, it felt like, a lot of those scenes, it felt like I was watching like a school board meeting, with, like angry <laughs> people yelling at each other. <laughs> and the oh second God. time, when I watched it the second time, like it really, the things that really bummed me out were that, that stuff, um, the evil dies tonight thing, I gotta say it, it, mm. oh man, it stood out. Like it was like a hashtag. <laughs> it felt like was yeah. it in the movie um, and very pervasive. Uh, I think um, maybe see, for you seeing it twice in as many days, it probably made it worse because you knew those moments were coming. Yeah. And you yeah, were yeah, dwelling yeah. on them. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, so just upset with my viewing because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so distracted that I was like, yeah, and I was still on edge that second time. And there was a guy behind me talking the second time, but yeah. it wasn't nearly as bad, but right. Um, God, yeah, I'm, so, I'm such a whiny bee. <laughs> I, I could, I, I, I completely, uh, I am sympathetic to that. Empathetic, uh, you know, I get it, and I get the pe- the people who aren't going to like that. I get too because it's it's it sticks out. And you're right. It 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 is like a hashtag come to life. Really, I mean, but I couldn't help but think about. You know, Haddonfield's shot. Haddonfield's people, like, if this is the, the stand that they're going to take, then they got to do it. And if this is, you know, if they're, if they're going to cheer each other on and get each other hype by chanting to um, yeah. to kind of be rid of this albatross around their 40-year-old neck, then that's what it has to be. Um, yeah. And, yeah, that was, that was the thing that, like, all that stuff is centered around Tommy, um, which is, did you know he was in the, what's his name? Um, Anthony yeah. Michael Hall. Did you yeah. know he was in this? I yeah. had no idea. I did know he was in it. Yeah. I'm, maybe I did know before, but I completely forgot. <laughs> so it, he was like a surprise casting for me. I was like, what? What the heck? <laughs> yeah. What is he doing here? Um, it was interesting. Because all his stuff, like he's like sort of the mob ringleader. So he's like, there's scenes of him like driving around, getting people hyped. Um, recruiting yeah recruiting <laughs> recruiting in and his I like 89 like, mustang yeah i did i did love his shitty car that was awesome yeah um yeah i i mean i'm still like trying to figure this out for myself what i didn't like about i i didn't love his performance i i do i do want to say a lot of the dialogue i was frustrated with um mm-hmm. you know I mean, it's 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 weird because I like shitty movies, but yeah, I don't know. I you know I think you know you put David Gordon Green on a movie, you know I I think I expect <laughs> um, some really more lifelike dialogue, you mm-hmm. know. Even though you know he's obviously making a slasher movie, you know he's not making a, a serious movie, but yeah. Um, but I think that's the thing is like they tackled a very serious subject in this of of. Of the idea of trauma on a town, generational trauma, and how they would react to a situation like this. 
Um, and and I gotta say, like starting with that the talent show scene when Tommy gets up and makes his speech. Um, I guess he's sort of. It makes this weird jump where he's telling the crowd about what happened forty years ago, <laughs> and then it feels like everyone's on board. Like, yeah, we have we do have generational trauma all of a sudden, <laughs> where. It felt like he was like introducing that or like telling, you know, because he oh. introduced it like, I got a story to tell you what happened to me 40 years ago. Um, and that didn't sit right. Like, I don't know. The more it, the movie followed Tommy, I just felt the sinking feeling in, in my stomach. And I was like, man, I'm not. Because everything around it, all the Michael stuff, I was like totally on board for. I loved it. I was loving it. Yeah. Um, the shape. Just the, I mean, all the kills, all the. Oh my god! I love the scene of um, like Lindsay and the nurse and the um, oh the, yeah, dude. the doctor nurse couple. Love that scene, and they find those fucking kids in the park, <laughs> and those snotty brats. I love those brats. Oh, man, oh my those god, brats were great! They're great. They were so good. They made Michael great. Oh my god! They're like yeah. there he is behind the tree. Yeah, <laughs> playing hide and seek. <laughs> Um, I lost my train of thought. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 um, yeah, all that. Yeah. I think the stuff with Tommy brought it down for me. Yeah. I mean, and they do the whole thing where they take the focus off Lori. Lori's in a hospital bed for most of the movie. Mm -hmm. She's kind of sidelined and we find out, no, Michael doesn't give an S about her. You know, he just wants to get to his window, right? Yeah. (laughs) Wants to get back to his house. Um, which was interesting. How did you like that? That decision well i i thought it was a great decision i thought um we were talking about that uh, we have a spoiler channel in our discord and we we were talking about that and it i get how polarizing that decision could be um but for 40 years we've been trained to think that michael myers has a thing for laurie strode his sister his bloodline he's got to go after them all right you're, you're starting over. Maybe it's not the bloodline. Maybe it's something else intrinsic to, unfortunately, you know, they made a point saying it was just this window. He's going to make a beeline to this window. And if you stand in his way, you're going to die. Um, but I loved the fact that it was just unexplained. Maybe we'll never know why he needs to go to that window and what route he needs to take and why he chooses to kill most people, but not Lonnie, Elam, and... Um, but I, it's the, the, the mystery of the unknown. I just, I mean, so what if it's not about Laurie? I like how now I, I, at the big, the first half of the movie, they kind of, there was like this crisscross from information, like the old three's company trope. Like if there's going to be this huge (laughs) miscommunication and nobody's going to tell Laurie that it wasn't about Laurie and nobody's going to tell the other, (laughs) uh, but eventually they real reveal it to each other, um, three quarters of the way through, which I'm glad of. I mean, it was, it felt very cardboardy, the, the dialogue, (laughs) but like somebody finally explained like, no, it was the doctor. It wasn't, Michael doesn't give a crap about you. Um, in this particular movie, I don't know how it's going to turn out in the end, but, um, the doctor brought him to you. It wasn't Michael making a beeline for you. But what I loved was the ramifications of that on screen. Like what happens when Michael doesn't give a crap about Laurie. Michael's not trying to make his way to Laurie. Michael's trying to mow a path 
with and somebody <laughs> somebody said it i forget who was said it but michael's trying to mow a path through people with the you know the 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 body of a grown man and a six-year-old mind and whatever else is happening behind that mask yeah. of his, right yeah, so yeah. like he just doesn't care and i love that laurie could spend an entire movie in the hospital and still somehow like she's setting herself up for the next movie right and so is sheriff what hawkins or not sheriff hawkins but policeman hawkins which was great that because um you know i figured most people were dead by the end of the movie but hawkins is there in the hospital too so they're kind of they're kind of uh you know setting the stage for another movie thankfully yeah i did notice i think both of those characters like they almost turn to the camera and say i'm the one who's going to kill michael myers in, in this movie <laughs> right yeah. and like it doesn't happen at the end of this movie but i feel like they're telegraphing <laughs> like yeah that'll be the next one <laughs> right and it makes sense that they're both you know in a hospital in the same room next to each other yeah um um but yeah. i you know and i can't like I'm, I'm trying to get specific, and I can't. But the only thing I can say is, I nothing really annoyed me. Nothing like I could see the hospital en- enough, uh, the hospital scenes annoying people, but it didn't yeah, annoy yeah. me. Oh, we were talking about the um the choice to have Michael not focus on Lori, which yeah, I I actually like that too. I didn't that did not yeah. bother me. Um, because it makes sense, you know. He's he's a which made it actually wanted me to ask you about because I I didn't go back and rewatch 2018. Mm-hmm. I remember everyone being mad about the doctor in that one. Um, oh yeah. Well, first they were mad because he was like Loomis light. Yeah. And then they were mad that he yeah he was like involved with like pointing Michael, you know, like delivering him to yeah. Lori. And um, does that like knowing that now like because characters in this one are saying it was the doctor like I don't remember how explicit we knew that in that one. Uh, well, oh. I guess we saw him doing moving Michael around like that. Yeah, but. yeah, because he's the one that stabs Hawkins and says, "I need to see what these two are going to oh, be like together." Okay. So he oh, drives yeah, yeah, Michael yeah. in the back of the police car to Laurie's house. Oh, thank you. Okay. Yeah. And did uh did did uh the the youngest strode lit girl did she know she because she she was the one saying it out loud in this movie how did she know that it was the doctor oh well she was trapped in the police car with michael next to her as the doctor was driving them oh, both that's to right. house yeah i should i should have rewatched it <laughs> yeah um but yeah yeah so uh, it was very much you know um I, you know, f- it's funny, uh, watching, I watched 2018 twice last week before going to mm-hmm. see Halloween Kills and it, and it helped a lot because the, especially with the doctor, I never really paid attention to kind of what the doctor's motivations were, but it kind of made sense. I mean, that twist with the doctor killing, try attempting to kill Hawkins was yeah. like so out of left field. It was like a slasher from the eighties. It was, it was a wild yeah. twist, but it uh to hear his explanation of it was kind of cool yeah yeah i definitely remember people being like what the fuck like, yeah yeah like <laughs> when oh that my happened. god um, um and the, i mean the logo for ha- haddonfield memorial hospital in 
this on Halloween Kills was like nearly exact from Halloween 2 back in the day. Oh, yeah. I wondered that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and I think the biggest confusion, I mean, other than the glaring scene with, you know, the inmate, the other escaped inmate who obviously takes his own life because of this mob mentality yeah. is the fact that, you know, all this, all this, uh, you know, Lori's, Lori, I mean, Lori's been suffering for 40 years, right? She's been suffering under the auspices that Michael's coming for her. So when she has the chance in her eyes it's the chance to make everybody safe it's like he's coming here he's going to murder everybody in this hospital you know watch out and that's what yeah. sort of like everybody starts getting amped up tommy doyle is going to do his thing that he didn't do when he was six years old he's going to stand up to michael and and you know all that with with the bat and stuff and uh yeah i just i don't know i loved it i loved it i didn't i didn't yeah. love it i didn't love that but it didn't bother me yeah. to the point where I, I I didn't mind it. I loved it. Yeah, I think, I mean, I like the idea of the town going crazy. I'm just not, I, I think I wasn't sold on how it was done because mm -hmm. I feel like it, it didn't. Right. I felt like they weren't like, um, like what was the implication of it? Like it felt like, uh, yeah, they gang up and they get Michael in the end until he becomes, you know, yeah, supernatural Michael. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can't be killed. Um, which, uh, did he feel like that in 2018 where he was just like, yeah, cause they shoot him in the face and yeah, like it felt like, like, uh, there was one scene that stood out to me, Judy Greer, when she's arguing with Tommy in the parking lot of the hospital and he's like, oh, I fucked up, you know, we shouldn't have ganged up on that, <laughs> that guy who ended up killing himself. Yeah. Um, and she's like, well, the, you know, she's like, you idiot. This, what did you think was going to happen? You, you know, you caused a crazy mob thing. And then, and then he's like, I'm sorry, I fucked up. And she's like, that's all you have to say. And then she, then she, it was like, she was like, go, go do it again. <laughs> that's, that was like the implication. I was like, what is wow. this scene? Like, I, I was like, so confused about like the point of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. I could, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. And. I don't know. It, it's tough. I, I think it's like they're trying to. I think they're trying to please a lot of people. Uh, mm -hmm. and they, there was just a lot of stuff in this movie, which you know, yeah, for better doesn't or mean worse. it can't work, right? But you know, I think for some people it worked, some people it didn't work. But yeah, um, yeah. Should we leave it there? I think I think we could leave it there. Yeah, I mean, until in two years we watch Halloween ends and we have it out again. Yeah. I mean, for sure, until then, <laughs> Michael Myers is the best. Halloween Kills is the best. <laughs> there you go. Uh, how about that? How about when he kills that kid on the stairwell? Oh, my God. Oh, God. My God. Oh. Wow. Oh. How, I mean, like, just in a in a matter of, like, rate the ratings board, is this the most brutal <laughs> move? Like, not just yeah. brutal slasher, but brutal... Yeah, I mean, speaking of uh, the movie we watched tonight, that movie I found out was cut to hell because the oh, the yeah. ratings board. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. just the way like, and that was nineteen ninety. Like they, it's things are so different now. I know. It's when I went to see it the second time. The lady at the uh, movie theater was talking about how a, mo a mother called the other day, saying, <laughs> "Hey, uh, can I bring my um, 
I don't know if it was a son or daughter to see Halloween. And she was like, yeah, well, I mean, how old are they? She's like six. Uh, <laughs> the lady oh was my. like, uh, our policy is 10 with a parent. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But like, holy crap. So I wow. to bring their six-year-old into that. Like, yikes. Yeah. I mean, I saw some bad movies at six, but. This would have been. Parents didn't bring me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's what you'd see, you know, sleeping over a friend's like, house. Look. Yeah, looking over my brother's shoulder as he watched movies, you know. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'm excited. Oh, that soundtrack was great. I'm excited for that soundtrack. <sighs> I got the tape pre-ordered. All right. Wow. Uh, we went 40, we're at 40 minutes now. Jesus, Chuck, why didn't you say <laughs> something 30 minutes ago? It's okay. It's good. It's healthy. We need to have it out. Uh, All right. Okay. Night Angel, an ancient feminine evil being named Lilith, comes to modern day Los Angeles to make an entire fashion magazine staff horny and to get herself on the cover. This is 1990s Night Angel. Um, I went into this cold. I still can't remember how I found out about this movie. Um, but verdict is in. I'm in love. Uh, I'm in love with this movie. On so many levels, this movie was was a had every right to just be the second movie in an, an up all night episode or a late night Showtime yes. uh, featurette. But when when you read at the end of this movie, and it's justified. That KNB did the effects for this movie, and every effect is better than the next. Yeah. Just like everything is elevated. Everything is elevated from tropey, late night, direct to Showtime movie to the next level, I think because of KNB. But they get, I mean, they get yeah. all, all the accolades from me for making this into a legit movie that I. I absolutely adored. Every time I felt the just the inkling of, oh, I'm starting to get bored. <laughs> Something great would happen. Mm -hmm. And it would just like pull me right back in. And it, it's lean. It's like what? It's like an hour and a half, hour and 20, I think. Yeah, it's in the hour um, and 20, late, like hour yeah, 28 or something. Perfect. Like yeah. Oh, my favorite runtime. <laughs> Love it. Hour and 20. I'll watch any movie that's an hour and a 20. Oh, 100%. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Uh, wow. Yeah. I mean, this just, let, let's set the scene. This movie starts just assaulting you with this birthing scene of, uh, Lilith, our evil mm. spirit, uh, with this great, um, narrative read by like a gravelly voice about who Lilith is. I, I'm not, I'm not a religious scholar, so I don't, I don't, I'm not really familiar with Lilith, uh, but I guess like a lot of religions have a version of her. She's just an evil spirit who's a seduct a seductress. Yes. Um, and uses her powers to gain, uh, you know, to lord over others and gain, gain more power, blah, 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 you know. Right. Um, yay, women are evil, you know, because they have boobies. 
<laughs> right. She's the devil. She's Satan's whore, right? That's what somebody Satan's whore. Yeah, yeah. That was the, yeah. That, I was, I sat up when uh, that guy said that in the narration. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Oh, excuse me? Um, And then we get this birthing scene of her coming out of like primordial muck. Uh, ripping, just cover, I mean, props to her and her body double uh, to get covered in that goo. Yeah. And pull it off of herself. Uh, and and she has like that one deformed claw. Yeah. That she like smashes into the dirt and then she has a regular human hand. <laughs> she couldn't like come to grips that she still had the claw. She was so freaked out that she, yeah. like she has to control. You just make the claw go away. Don't freak out. Oh, it's so weird. I don't know. I yeah. The director said that was, he put that in to give her a flaw. And I, I was like, like, but she just like gets rid of it really quick. Like, yeah, I don't she know. Punches the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, can be. I I was lucky. I watched this over again with the, uh, the director's commentary. You piece of crap! I couldn't believe. Oh my how, god! I rec- I think you should watch this, Dale, because this guy Dominique uh, Othanin Gerard. I'm probably not saying that right. He's yeah. the director. This same year. He had uh, his other movie that came out was Halloween 5, right? <laughs> yeah. Halloween 5. So he was famously maligned. Maligned. After, after Halloween 4, the ending of Halloween 4, if you will remember, that Daniel Harris, as um, what's her name? Uh, as Daniel Harris, she puts on the mask, stabs her foster mm. mother. That's right. Yeah. So at I think at a film festival or something, Dominique is offered the role, or Mustafa Akkad is talking to him about the role, and they have like the 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 screenplay for Halloween Five. He takes it, rips it up, and throws it in the trash. <laughs> this is a great story. I never heard this. Yeah. This is awesome. And it says this is this is not the movie I'm going to do if you like, I'm not, this is terrible. He's like, he says this in front of the Mustafa, the, the writers. Yeah. And like two hours later, he gets the job anyway. And wow. they start from ground zero and he has all these different things. He is the, of the opinion that Ellie, his, her, like Daniel Harris's foster sister gets murdered like 15 minutes into the movie. And Daniel Harris is mute in the hospital, and everything that just happened with her trying to murder her mother in the um, the previous movie is just like set asunder. So yeah, it's he's pretty famous for getting the job after threatening to do all this stuff, and he did it anyway. So man, yeah, and it makes me wonder where in the timeline Night Angel fits in because he he did talk about how there was um, I think there was an eight month gap. They shot all the non. They shot like all the people talking non-special effects stuff. And then there was oh. like eight months where the company ran out of money. <laughs> and then, But then they started back up and did all the oh, candy good. effects. And, um, and like, the, like, there were, like the birthing scene originally wasn't in the script. And that was uh, Dominique's idea. He was like, I need something to open this movie mm-hmm. to like show her coming out of the muck, you know, well, being birthed. Smart move, Dominique. Um but yeah, it's it's really the 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 commentary is great. He's I'm in love with this guy. He 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 was super just like not cynical about it. He remembered everything. Well, um, he's sitting there with there's a a girl there. I think sort of like to help him. 
keep talking. Um, I forget her name. Uh, but, um, it's really good. Like he just remembered, like, like there's one scene where he's like embarrassed. Cause I think it's in the magazine offices where everybody, every character's wearing a hat and he's like, Oh, I called this. He's Swiss. So he has a Swiss accent. Yeah. Like, I called this the hat scene. It's so stupid. I don't know why <laughs> everyone was wearing a hat. Um, <laughs> but he went, he gushed about can be, he was like, wow, really? So he was just, I think he loved watching them. Uh, I think he loved learning how they did all this stuff. Well, like, he loved working with them and like going to their offices and, you know, they would help him, you know, figure out how to make this stuff happen yeah, well, on screen. Cool. And he, yeah. Um, and he, God, he said so much great shit that I'm sure I'll remember as I go, but, Jeez. um, yeah, it's a, it's a Kino, Kino Lorber disc. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure if they still have it, but in print, but I, I'll probably pick up a copy cause I love this. Um, yeah. So man. Dale, uh, uh, I mean, the here's the, we've already gone through one elephant in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know, I mean, bless him for being so humble. Kevin Cablasto's in this movie. He plays Ken. The, uh, the curly haired office geek with the, uh, yeah. crazy hat. Like. Unbelievable. He's and it's funny because mom's been the word ever since we announced this movie. He's barely True. been on Discord. He hasn't really talked a whole lot, and I think it's because he wanted us to see for ourselves. I think he was so confident in his depiction of Ken that he mm-hmm. he knew he didn't have to he didn't have to talk it up, didn't have to spice it. He knew as soon as we saw it, we would have been yeah. we were going to be blown away. You know, just his delivery on lines like "Look at those rib melons." <laughs> It, you know, I mean, no one else could have done it better. Oh my gosh, would you look at the rib melons on this, babe? I'm in love. Who your hormones, Kenny? We're trying to put out a magazine. I don't think here. anybody else would have been able to even keep their appearance in the movie after saying a line like that. But here he is, Kevin Cablasto. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough of that inside baseball bit. Right. It's Doug. Doug Jones played that part, which I. It, w- it wasn't until the end of the movie I was like, oh, that's Doug Jones, because he's always like, you know, he's always in tons of latex. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, it was so weird to just see him. I never knew he actually had roles before yeah. he became, you know, the guy, the latex guy. Yeah. You need a fish guy? Um, yeah. I'm your guy. This is back when his skin could breathe. <laughs> um. He could have been in Revenge of the Nerds or one of the sequels. Yeah. He was, he was, yeah, and he had that vibe. Uh, Night Angel, by the way, I'm looking at Night Angel on Amazon.com. The Blu-ray is going for $44. Oh, so man. So it's definitely out of print and. Come on, Kino. It's depressing. Lorber. Um, but what, I mean, what a scene this is. Lilith is going to um, put men under her spell and either. Uh, take over them and and make the turn them into mindless, you know, f machines or the like, or um, make people fall in love with her so she can murder them. And this movie is so horny due to that fact. So, horny. so the, the she gets the idea to, um, she gets the idea to kind of like 
invade this fashion magazine. And this is how she's going to build her death empire, right? This is how she's going yeah. to build her sexual, bloody uh, uh, ascendance. But And all she has to do is get on the cover of the magazine. Right, because once people... As soon- once they see that photo, once they they, they become uh, ensorcelled in her <laughs> spell, people are going to just be licking the magazine stands, right? Uh, in Midtown Manhattan, you know, <laughs> just people just oh god, engorged crotches walking down the street. My god, it like, crawling down the street. Yeah, like somebody stuck a puffalump into their the front of their <laughs> pants. And just, and was trying to walk to their job. <laughs> Is that what they're called, puffalumps? I don't know. Is that the thing from Winnie the Pooh? Uh, you know, it's, you know what I'm thinking of. A puffalump is still a thing. What is it? I mean, I, uh, I, I totally there were stuffed got animals it. created in. Oh. But what, what I was thinking of, um, what were they? Pop, popable, <gasps> pop, popples. I had a popple. I love those things. Right. You had a popple. I did have a popple. Wow. I always felt a little self conscious about it because I thought it was for girls. No, me and my sister had one, but I definitely had a popple. Yeah, it was orange. I, that thing. I think it's just like, uh, yeah, it was like a stuffed animal, but you could like turn it inside out and it would turn into a ball right that was like the yeah, thing that was it it was the, the gimmick it's great God. so great popples popples um everyone's walking around with popples in their pants in the fr- <laughs> like huge bulges because they just can't stop thinking about lilith <laughs> and lilith. it was i mean i knew this movie was going to be horny because she is seduce she starts to seduce the the head of the magazine just randomly and, I mean, she lets him off the hook and lets him go inside of his house, and he starts getting undressed to climb in bed with his wife, and that's yeah. when she decides to, to <laughs> that's when she decides to reappear, climb atop his, his haunches, mm-hmm. ne- in bed next to his wife. Yeah. Who wakes up. And she just, she just slices their throats mid- um, coitus. Yeah, I was gonna say something you know better than that. Funnier. But, yeah, right. But <laughs> Sorry, it wasn't here. Mid, just like mid hump. You know, mid ride. Uh, this scene. I mean, if the opening wasn't enough, this this was this was the original opening of the movie. Apparently. Oh. Uh, and and Dominique Saint Dominique said they they had to cut this scene up. Like they, <gasps> it was way gorier. Like you. I think you don't see her slashing um, the wife's throat open. Like, I think you just see the wound in the cut we saw, but yeah. apparently it used to be like, you saw her do that. And, and oh, he, the, oh, this is what he said. He said what happened is her, his wife's blood sprayed out of her neck onto his face while he was having an orgasm. That's what <gasps> the original scene was. Oh my God. I knew that's <laughs> what was happening. I knew that. Honestly, I knew because uh, in the scene that's there, like he yeah. almost can't even concentrate that his wife is being murdered in front of him because he is yeah. so close. Totally. It was He's so crazy under the spell. And the other f- hilarious thing 
Dominique apparently is good buddies with uh, Paul Verhoeven, King. King. He he showed Paul the scene because he was trying to sell the producers on something. And he's like, well, if they don't listen to me, they're going to listen to Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. So he got his buddy Paul to watch it. And I think he, yeah, he, he was like, yeah, uh, you should do this, whatever. But years later, uh, Paul made um, Basic Instinct. And I think that opens with the ice pick death. And Dominique was like, he went to Paul. He's like, did you, did you steal that from me? And he's like, oh, well, maybe, yeah, yeah. Oh. Eventually he's like, yeah, maybe you you influenced me. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that insane? Damn, Paul. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, yeah. And then the kid dies and then she like, the kid walks Oh yeah, in. the kid. I think that's the other thing you see that you probably see the kid get killed, which- I was glad they cut that. Yeah, me too. I was like, oh, the kid survived. He just hid in his bed. Turns out, you know, the next no. morning, the kid's dead. Yeah. Uh, but th- that's not even the weirdest thing. Dale, explain to me the llama in the yard. That brown llama. <laughs> you know, I, the guy, I forgot about that up until this point. <laughs> like, in my head, like, he's staring out the window looking at this llama's head that's poking up in the bushes, like, in his yard. Right. Yeah. And I was like, are we supposed to be concerned about this? Right. Is that Lilith? Uh, did she transform into a llama? It's not uh, like a... But I think it's just his pet llama. Is that what was happening there? Is this like downtown LA? Yeah, it looked like uh, in the hills or something. All right, llama. Llamaville. People just got llamas in their yard? I mean, people around here have llamas in their yard, but it's really rural. But and This is 1990. Yeah. Before llamas were fashionable. America. I don't think Americans knew what a llama was in 1990. It no, definitely was not like alpaca farms back then. <laughs> but I loved it. I love it's not explained. I like, know. It's just there. Eating. He never mentions, oh, that's my pet llama <laughs> or anything. He like stares at it as he's like yeah, grabbing a slice of gabagool out of the fridge before he heads up to bed. <laughs> Imagine that. You're yeah. like in your shorts in the kitchen. <laughs> rooting through the cupboards and you just your llama's head is out there chewing hey, no. chewing on some leaves trying to freak like, you hey. out before bed yeah <laughs> tap it on the glass Ooh. Yeah. all right Dale. Uh, let's get moving here what a, what a, i mean this movie just delivers and it you know what we get lilith trying to take over the magazine uh making everyone out just horny monsters which happens people are just effing each other left and right in these offices jeez for sure um, yeah and people are dying. She uh, Lilith is just killing people. Uh, she she lops Ken's knee off with when that all that glass breaks. How about that choice? Like she's killing a rod. She's making him walk down an elevator shaft. Yeah, and land rod. on that spring. Yeah, Woo. better beautiful effects. And but like just like a <laughs> like Ken deli is there, meat. He's there licking the glass. <laughs> And the, the glass shatters oh. in his knee. <laughs> yeah. It's like a deli slicer got it to his knee. Oh. It was insane. Yeah. It would be like cutting off like the very end of the baloney round, the baloney loaf. Yes, exactly. And like if your knee was made of baloney. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be like Amish baloney. No bone in there. Yeah. Ring baloney. I think they, the Amish call it when you go to <laughs> Dutch country and get it. Um, and 
Yeah, so it's like the movie, that's all the movie is. It's just her making people horny to kill themselves and then she's going to get herself out there to make the world horny so they kill themselves. Yeah. All in yes. service uh, of Lilith. And where the rub comes in is that the art director of the magazine, uh, Craig. Yeah, I think his name's Craig. Craig is seemingly immune to her charms. Every time he's sort of in her vicinity, uh, his love interest pops up and he's sort of, that's sort of, uh, I'm, I'm letting Dominique sort of like <laughs> uh, speak, clue me into what's happening. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. But Dominique. the reason why he's, he's sort of immune to Lilith's powers is that he uh, is involved oh. with a good kind of love with, uh, with his love, with the girl, the, I forget her name. Kirsty. Yeah. With Kirsty. Um, and because they have like a true love that's not based on like evil seduction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the antidote. That's Very why she rare. can't suck the power from his heart. That's why it's, it has not, it like when he gets that stone, the amethyst that he wears around and we're all like, Oh, the amethyst is protecting him from Lilith. It's not the stone. Yeah. It's what the stone represents. Yes. Um, which is cute. Yeah. I, it's cute. It, I was rooting for Lilith the whole time. FYI. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you black-hearted bastard. <laughs> um, now, you know, I'm like, I'm all for the love story. I'm all for it. But there's, in my complete opinion, my humble opinion, Ken mm -hmm. was not. Now I know they have their flirtations, but this was like. At no point did it feel like cute love that Ken was pursuing the sister. Like, this whole movie was just, like, men oh. being horny towards women and, like, <sighs> like stalking them and, and using them. And But, I mean, and the women were the same way, but it was just, like, one big horn movie and the guys were just, like, high-fiving each other. So, like, Ken... I'm glad a love story boiled to the top, but even when they're together and they're flirting, he's like biting her back, you know, biting her back, like not like biting yeah. in retaliation. He's like, he's like scraping his teeth down her back and, you know, like making super yeah. heavy innuendo <laughs> moves to get inside of her panties. And it's just crazy. This is why you hired Dominique. But, it's, but um, that's right. To like accentuate Le Honnet. Yes. And yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because even before Lilith infects the office, that office is like Jesus. sexual assault central. Yes. Like, yeah. I don't know. Right. There's scenes where I don't know if it's Rod or Craig who f the camera's following them through the office. Every girl's butt that gets in his eyeline, he gooses. Oh, yeah, and man. It's just like, oh my God. Yeah. This is. <laughs> it's a goosing. Wow. Dale, did you have. Watching movies from this era, like this feels like a total like USA movie, like I would have watched. Yes, 100%. You know, 10 years old or whatever. And to me, this this is what I thought adulthood was had in store for me. Oh my God, like, dude. Working at a cool magazine, you know, wearing sunglasses, all, you know, all this clothes, you know, like just this happy-go-lucky, you know, yeah. dancing in clubs, you know. Dude. I don't know. It's just like, it's what I thought was in store for me. You are <laughs> nailing it. You are absolutely <laughs> nailing the feeling that I would have gotten watching this at 
at oh, such yeah. a young age, for sure. Like this God. is God. This is why you need to be adults. This is why you need to be grown up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As fast wear, as possible. Wear a sweet outfit with suspenders and a hat to work. As part of your <laughs> outfit, you don't take it off. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Pointy shoes. Oh, God. Those shoes. You see those things? I wrote, it's one of my first notes. Pointiest shoes ever. I, I don't even know what the... Is that an Italian loafer? I don't know what you call that thing. But, man, where they were pointy. What about this line? I didn't write who wrote it, but... He just wanted to tickle her tonsils with his meat puppet. Was that Doug Jones? Oh my Chuck, God. Was it Doug Jones? <laughs> Probably. Let me check the IMDb <laughs> quote section. It's not in there. Of course. I'm glad I checked we my it. notes. We got to update this. Yeah. I, I mean, it's probably Ken. I mean, he, I mean, he's the one who said, uh, rib melons like he which i mean i rewound it because i couldn't rib believe melons. those words put together i couldn't believe i was like wait i mean more or less it's like what sternum melons right it's yeah super i mean i've never heard such a phrase it was it's my, ghastly i felt like a virgin couldn't believe it. i mean he was i don't know if K and B could have just gave him like a, like a bow tie that spun every time he <laughs> like every time he said a line like that, that would have been just the best. That would have been like his character. Uh, oh yeah, he, he needed that so bad. <laughs> How about when his when he's in the hospital after getting his knee lopped off, his buddy brings him a six pack. Oh yeah, yeah. He says a little something for the IV. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, the nurse just like turns the other cheek. I know, right? Whatever, sure. Get drunk. You just had your knee lopped off. I did uh, look at um, Lilith's IMDb page. She's acting to this day. She's in nothing but like German TV. Oh, she, wow. Cool. Uh, Night Angel is one of her only English speaking roles. Oh, wow. Um, but She was great. What's her, what's her name? Um, is it Isa? Isa Jank. Isa Yank. Isa Yank. Jank. Yeah. J-A-N-K. She was incredible. Like, she nailed this. She nailed this. And she also nailed her stint in the uh, German TV show, Leipzig Homicide. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, here's another little uh, Dominique tidbit from the commentary. He said, Isa, like, she's got this whole snake motif going. Like, she's the snake woman. She's, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. And I guess in pre-production, Dominique was like, hey, you know, this, he would only have to say the word snake and she would start trembling. She had this super huge fear of snakes and what they did, what Dominique did, which I question it, but it worked out in the end is he, I guess at some point he got a snake, like in a, a live snake in the offices yeah. and he went up, he's like, Issa? In the next room behind this wall, there's a snake. And she started to freak out. Wow. And he said it took 45 minutes to calm her down. But then something, you know, he led her in there. Dominique started handling the snake. Mm -hmm. And she she sort of like gave into her fear. She touched the snake. And, and it was smooth sailing. She wasn't scared anymore. Now that's. That's why you get Dominique Othen and Gerard to direct your movie. Right. Who else is going to do that? To talk you down. 
to do some, uh, uh, what do you call that? That kind of therapy, uh, you face your fears. There's a, uh, there's a term for that, but man, you do that nowadays. Mm-hmm. No way, man. Never work in this town again. How about when, um, Lilith went to kiss Ken and she just fired snakes out of her mouth? Oh God. One of my top five scenes in this movie. Top, top three scene for me. Snakes. The only one that didn't involve I, boobs. I want to know if they cut, cause I don't think you see the snakes coming out of her mouth or her face at all and i was like i was a little frustrated even i mean it was so cool because the snakes attached to ken's face yes and he's just like ah and they just keep darting out oh man mama mama mia uh helen martin is in this dale did you you recognized her right she played she was sort of like um ken's oracle or mentor she was like the cabbie you're like, oh, she's been following Lilith. Sadie. Yeah. Yeah, Sadie. She, I, I remember her? Yeah. I think I knew her from 227. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 227. Yeah. I mean, she's in t- tons of stuff, but she is great. What I, Dominique said, like, oh, sorry. Go ahead. What I like, I just, I'm confounded by her role in this movie because she's, she is the one that brings answers, right? She's the one that swoops in and says, this is who this person is. And I've lived through this lady once and for all, but also she doesn't do, you know, she doesn't do anything. She's like, what Deus <laughs> is that Deus ex machina. She just appears, tells you what, what it is. And then like gives, she, he, she gives means Ken the means to destroy her because her heart she can't keep up with like running through the woods so she's like my heart here take this and I thought like, she died I know I thought she died right then and there like why didn't I was like whoa why didn't Lilith kill her <laughs> I don't know yeah I think I have a feeling someone was reading like Joseph Campbell books when they were writing this screenplay because she's totally the uh she's like the Merlin you know or Obi-Wan you know she's yeah yeah like, <laughs> the mentor who shows up out of nowhere to guide 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 our hero in the meantime she's a cabbie you know she's a religious cabbie it's funny that like dominique said that he like he loved her helen martin the actress but he he said she had she did not he said it was really challenging because she just didn't understand her role and like what she was doing and like even like the like the lines when like all the lines she delivers when um he's like he gives it when she gives him that drink to like nurse him back to health (laughs) yeah 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 and she says all this like stuff about the history of lilith she's like we had to like shoot that line by line because she just (laughs) it was like she was like reading a foreign language and was like memorizing the sounds (laughs) because she's just like i don't get what i'm saying here this doesn't make any sense to me (laughs) What's my motivation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. But she did it. She did a good job. That's amazing. It was, it was awesome. I did love that she was a cabbie. That was so good. I know. Oh, God. It's going to be a long Epdale. Mm-hmm. Um, we should get to the piece de resistance. Please. Dale. So, in about the middle of the movie, Craig goes to this bar to meet up with his lady friend. She's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he thinks she might be downstairs in the back room party of this bar. And he's greeted there by a small fellow 
who says, oh, you don't have to sign in. You're on Lilith's guest list. And Dale, he goes in to this just room of pandemonium oh, man. that I that can be created that I wasn't prepared. Boy, oh boy, for. dude. The treasures this movie is holding onto, it, I am shocked that this is not like more regarded uh, and that people don't talk about this movie more. <laughs> this scene was... Wow. Like, I don't know. It's a whole malan. It's a whole potpourri of words I want to use. Yeah. To yeah, describe. I know. And I will get pulled off the internet. We'll get pulled off Apple Podcasts if we say that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's we're already on several lists. <laughs> the amount of like the amount of physical certified mail we've received in our PO box. <laughs> oh, I just throw those right away. Yeah. <laughs> just throw them right out. They don't even make it in the house. Um. um but man, I mean, there's a, everyone's naked. Everyone's naked. Uh, let's start small. There's a man with barbed wire wrapped around his face. Um, Check. There's, there's a lady with a, <laughs> a naked lady holding a severed head. And she's licking the entrails out of the neck. Oh my God. Um, while she writhes around yeah. uh, with her sexual body. With her sexual body. <laughs> um, what else? What else? Um, it's just, there's a, I mean, there's the big one. Yeah. Which, yeah, go ahead. I mean, there's, so there's this huge woman laying there completely shirtless with these huge boobs Rib melons, huge rib melons. Oh my, my God, yeah, like the big, like state fair blue ribbon ones. And for our viewing pleasure, she not only grabs them, she lifts them up. She lifts them up, and on the underside of them are faces. Yeah. <laughs> Two grotesque faces that look like they're screaming in pain. Like, this is like, uh, this is like when Freddy Krueger lifts up his shirt. Yes, right. And you see yes, the faces. Exactly, right. <laughs> But it's on the smooth marshmallowy skin. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I. I mean. Yeah. That right. That thing. That right there. I just Dale. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I, I was honest to God screaming alone in my room. Watch. I was like yelling. I was not <laughs> expecting. I mean, that's the last thing you expect is those are those faces. I mean, I just <laughs> thought we were just looking at two real huge boobs. Yes. Yes. Uh, sorry. I'm going to keep talking about Dominique. He said that that woman was famous for having the largest boobs in the country or something. I don't, I don't know. I'm not familiar with who she was. Um, but he said that's why she got the role. Ah. And he also said, he also said, this was very, this was like, uh, uh, oh, my sweet summer child. He was mm -hmm. like, I guess in America, uh, they like the bigger boobs. I, I wasn't raised like that. I don't get, I don't understand that, but that's what they told me. So that's why. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez, Dominique. I was like, wow. Man. That was the other thing. When he got this job, he, he didn't know what horror movies were, really. Which might feed into his oh. Michael Myers oh, <laughs> screw up. Okay, yeah, because he's yeah he like through in the beginning of the commentary he's like yeah I was like I didn't really know what American horror movies were I was like I just got to Los Angeles 
of me and my wife and I was handed the script and I it was kind of learning what all this stuff was you know he's like I was making like sexy dramas in Europe you know mm. um so yeah I, and I you know that's probably why this movie is so amazing because he wasn't coming at it you know as a regular American making a, mm-hmm. a, a horror thriller he was like <laughs> super sexy European man wow <laughs> who fell in love with his the boys it can be and just oh. went to town. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, I, I, um, Susie Sparks. Susie Sparks, because she did have a billing oh. in the in the credits. Oh, good. Yeah, her name is Susie Sparks, and uh, she was the uh, cover of a Jugs magazine in October <laughs> 1990. But this is her wow. only movie. Same year. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Yes. Um... But wow. Yeah, so that's great insight by Dominique. Like, uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, he's just like th- that but to film that scene to ha- to walk to be Ken walking through that scene. <laughs> it's just like 3 minutes in heaven. Oh my god. It's 3 minutes the only, against yeah. the, this the backdrop of the, cr- the rest of this crazy movie, but it's so absolutely like absurdly creative and macabre and horny. It's like it's it's a sinister horny. Yeah. That, and they nailed it. Like they nailed that feeling. It was like the only thing that would make that scene better is that is if it was like a one take, you know? Oh, you know, just dude. like going through all that pandemonium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mamma mia. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh. Um oh man, we can't we left out Karen Black. Karen Black is in this. Um uh, I mean, Queen. 70s movie, you know, Hollywood movie royalty, Karen Black plays the editor in chief of the magazine. And she, she sadly gets uh, swept up in Lilith's uh, sex ray and just like, yeah, she does basically hands over the reins of everything in her life to Lilith big time gets murked, uh, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But that was a pretty good scene when they, they find her, like they go into the office and everyone's horny and they go up to karen black and they spin her chair around and she's dead but everyone's still acting like my god showing her like the magazine like oh this is what we're doing you know but she's just dead (laughs) and that's that was pretty great that's more what you just described as like sinister yeah erotic horny because they don't want to just like please their boss they want to please her they want to please her like i don't know how to describe it they want to please her because Mm -hmm. But it's just like they're all under this spell and they want to, yeah, it's it's wild, man. It was a wild feeling that that the movie invoked. You don't know how bad I want a sequel, you know, Mm, with that magazine getting out, getting out there. Uh, Yeah. Does it, how does it end? Does it end with, was that a dream when he sees the magazine? Well, he does dream that the magazine cover is real, but then I think there's uh, a tease that he wakes up and the magazine cover's still real, but it's yeah, not, it doesn't bleed. I, yeah, it doesn't bleed, but it's still there. And it's, yeah. Yeah. God, I want and, another one. And how about like this section, <laughs> like, it, I mean, there's a lot we're, we're glossing over, but like yeah. the sexual nature in which Lilith is like using her fingers like to plunge she plunges her hand into ken's heart but also she's like the way she's manipulating her fingers is like sexual in that sense too i love that because i was like oh she's gonna like plunge in pull these guys' hearts out but no she just sticks her fingers like two inches in and then like massages the heart and sucks their 
power essence out of them. Yeah, and you see it like riding up her <laughs> wrist and her forearm. Yeah. Man. Oh, yeah, that fake arm they built. Oh, man, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Dale. Can't believe this movie. The greatest movie in 1990. Bar none. Probably. Well, it's Total Recall, right? Oh, damn. If it were any other year. The Battle of the uh, Rib Melons movies. <laughs> um, boy, if you, uh, God. we've spoken about it before, but the, that, the, that scene with all that sexual, psychosexual stuff of the yeah. movie Society came to mind, that has a huge scene with that kind of stuff in it, if anybody out there is looking for more, and, you know, we're not going to judge. Yeah, I've never I've never seen Society. I'm saving it for a rainy day. But I I did see a uh, review on Letterbox making a joke about this is Society but hornier. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. everybody's got the same That's vibe. Cool. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yes. Anything? Anything else? I I I I I I I just want everyone to see this. I think this is a special, especially if you like horny movies <laughs> like this one just pulls out all the stops and it and it it's not embarrassed at all i think that's what's refreshing it's not embarrassed at all and i think it's because it was made by a guy from switzerland and it shows like yeah he's 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 open with his sexuality he's cool with it man yeah he's not repressed and and it really shows in this movie it's really fun dude i'm 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 happy you described it like that i would have never been able to but yes it's not embarrassed but at at how horny it is and also how bad it could be the ramifications of it all. But yeah, it's, it's not embarrassed to be that kind of movie because it's still on a level of like, if there was no gore or if that's not what the story was about, the still like that level of, um, passion and, uh, and, uh, lust is there. No matter oh, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. like it's taken seriously. Yeah, yeah totally. Mm, thank you, Night Angel. Yeah, thank you, Night Angel. I had no idea. I was missing you. Yeah. Whew. Uh, letters, feedback, letters, feedback, letters at not not uh, letters at Bat and Spider Pot. What, Chuck? <laughs> Bat and spider pod at gmail.com. I'm just going to make, I'm going to go ahead and make all these different email addresses and forward them to the one address in case I ever <laughs> give out the wrong address again. Uh, three, it's easier than 315. Is that what the number is? 315 Don't ask me. Sorry. I just work here. I uh, know. Let's get though. We got a, we, we only got uh, a couple. Let's, let's see what we got. First up is a typed email from our friend Tim Hamilton. He's giving it up this week. (laughs) Phoning it in. Hey, all. I've been pretty good at keeping up with the movies lately, but I didn't get to Night Angel yet, even though it stars Star Trek's Doug Jones. Doug plays Captain Saru on Star Trek Discovery, as Chuck well knows. I, I did not know that. Also, as Dale well knows, the trailer for the new season of Doctor Who came out this week, and that has turned my week upside down. 
For reasons for reasons I won't go into, I ended up watching Piranha as I've never seen it. It stars Bradford Dillman, who played the nice man who gave Cornelius a gun to shoot himself with in Escape from Planet of the Apes. (laughs) (laughs) Also, enjoy your show. Always enjoy your show, Tim. Oh, thanks, Tim. I don't know if I've seen Piranha Dale. I've seen Piranha Two. Oh, Piranha! I've seen Piranha. Piranha Two's Jim Cameron, right? Is that why you've seen Piranha? Yeah. I think that's why i watched it yeah i've seen i don't even know if i finished it to be honest i think i watched piranha at the very beginning of covid and i i had seen it years and years ago too mm-hmm. um i think it's joe dante oh really um, okay yeah it's it's I, I, I think it's worth seeing i think it gets a little long in the tooth for me at the by the end now i'm curious if i left a review on letterboxd how many times i mean how many times can you just you blow bubbles underwater, you know? Oh, two and a half stars by me. Ooh. Oh, wow. Damn. That's basically a Dale Zero. Yeah. Hello, Chuck and Dale. Happy Monday. It's been a minute since I've sent mm. a note, so I just wanted to send a quick one to say hello. And also to say thank you for delivering such joy to all of us bat and spiderlings on a weekly basis. All the movies and the accompanying pod episodes have been so much fun. Always a treat to look forward to. Thank you both for all that you do to make it happen. You are so appreciated. Big hugs, Yoli. Oh, Yoli. Yoli, that means a lot. Thank you so much. My black heart is quivering. I know. You're the best. And your sweet notes, just let us know um, that what we do matters to you means a lot. Yeah. I'm, yeah. P.S. Hope you guys had a blast watching Halloween Kills. <laughs> well, we did. We did. Yeah, we have. We did have. A blast. I mean, Yoli. If you, if Yoli, look. Bottom line, Yoli. Yeah. And Chuck, is that forty years after the fact, slashers are no longer a thing, and yet here we are with more Michael Myers, the staying power. You know what I mean, <laughs> He's, like. Uh, yeah, he's the new Mickey Mouse. I, <laughs> right. That's <laughs> in many ways, you know, they tried with Freddy's uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. They tried with Jason's uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Like, there's I can't just, remember the last time I saw a Freddy glove in Walmart. Yeah, you, you now it's called like uh, now Sharp got Knives the, Dream Man. Yeah, they got uh, <laughs> Dream Man. Is that real? <laughs> no, it sounds like it would be. I love those fake costumes. I know. Oh, God. God the best. I don't care if they're all made with Photoshop. I love them. No, actually, in my local Walmart, there's there's literally a Halloween 2 licensed uh, Michael Myers mask in there. So weird. Halloween, like the movie like, Halloween 2 from 1980. Yeah. I was like, well, that's, I mean, they must just be like leftovers. Like, wow. I don't know. That's wild. They probably just keep them in a warehouse and pull them out every yeah. Halloween, you know? Yeah, get some traction, try to sell these bad boys. Yeah, just accidentally made, you know, a million of them. <laughs> <laughs> right. They got to get back on social media and start selling these things, as what is yeah. their quote from there. Guys, there's a new Halloween movie this year. Let's get those 1981 masks out. <laughs> yeah. Everybody thinking. That'd be cool if they were actually from 1981. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody works at that mask factory, like thinking they're done for at 4 p.m. on a Friday. <laughs> and here comes the big boss. 
Yeah. <laughs> nope. Can we get these out? Can we get these organized and start, you know, try to sell these bad boys, huh? What do we do here? We sell masks. <laughs> oh, Dale, I want to watch a movie about a man who owns a mask factory. I know. God. But starring you. But starring me, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's it. That's it. That's the. That's all we have this week. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. That Light is, week. That is it's good. good. If ever we needed we a one. Lot, we had a lot to cover. Yeah. Well, Dale, it's your turn, baby. Yeah. It's your turn. It's my turn. And I was looking earlier. Honest to goodness, I put in a good 30 minutes. And I, I'm sinking Oof. too much thought into it because it's going to be our ep- the, our last episode before Halloween. Oh, damn. So I was just. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. it. Don't worry about it. It's always Halloween here. And maybe that's what you know. These other these other podcasts, they you know, they think they can ham it up on on October and do spooky movies. But baby, this is where we live. You know. Yeah. Does that make any sense, Dale? <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. I mean, it's like live every day, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to be talking about for episode seventy nine of Bat and Spider. Mm-hmm. Ready, George A. Romero. <gasps> One of the big ones. Wow. Tom Savini. Okay. Ed Harris. Knight Riders. Oh. Oh. <laughs> he did it. Tricked you. He did it. Tricked you. Dale, I've never seen Knight Riders. George Romero's unusual story of a modern-day Renaissance troupe who are, whose participants follow a medieval <laughs> code of honor. God, yes. F, yeah. Uh, good news for uh, Tubi folks. Yeah. Man. Tubi, I mean, you can rent it basically everywhere. <laughs> Tubi, Tubi Army, rise above $15 Blu-ray. No, that's not bad. Who's, is that a Shout Factory? looking probably shout factory yes man the scores on these it's promising but cool dale um yeah we'll see everyone next week yeah on bat and spider oh i like the way you said that theme song was created by Toby Forsman of Whipsong Music. Find out more at whipsongmusic.com. This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast. Mm-hmm.